come forward for our time together this morning. Good morning. Hello. Come on up. Hi. Yeah, you know what this is. Good morning. Hi, Hank. Good morning, Ryan. Good morning. I'm so glad you are here today, and some of you were saying it as you came up. I think some of you know what this is. Can you tell the congregation what this is? It's a parable. If you didn't know, this gold box is a parable, and our kids know all about these parables. So tell me what you know about parables. What do you know about parables? Mm-hmm. Gold. Oh, we got two things. So one, that the box is gold, and parables are even more valuable than gold. And the other one is that they're they're yours. They're a gift. Yeah. Over two thousand, almost two thousand years old. They are old, old, and we still know them today. Yes. Oh, what Cooper was saying. They were yours before you were even born. Even if you don't know what a parable is, they still belong to you. You don't have to go buy them or take them or get them. They're yours. That is it. And this part about, oh, did you think of another one? Yeah. Um, uh, sometimes uh, sometimes the, the parable won't open. Even, yeah. Even if, you're, even if you're ready for it, it sometimes won't open, so you just have to keep going. That's right. Yeah, when, they, when we come to them, they're closed. They go a lid on them. And sometimes even if we're ready, they don't open. We don't know why, but come back. Come back. Someday they will open for you. That's right. I brought this today because it reminded me, what we're talking about in worship today, reminded me of part of the parable that you talked about today in Sunday school. Which parable was today? The Good Samaritan. Yeah, that's the one that I have here. And at the very beginning of that one, it talks about that once there was someone who said such wonderful things and did such amazing things that people followed him. And sometimes as they followed him, they ask him questions. Yep. And yes. When you said great things, um, I was yeah. thinking of Martin Luther King. Another person who did great things. Absolutely. And people ask him questions because they saw them doing great things. And the answers to those questions, those parables, we still tell them today. How old were they, Ryan? Over 2,000 years old. And people are still telling the stories and still telling and wondering about what all they mean. This one, pardon me, I'm going to put my feet down so I can open this a little bit. This one that you opened today, it had in here, let's see if I can find him. It had, here's our traveler. Yeah, yours, yeah, sometimes the, pe- the pieces look a little different. Here's the traveler, and here's the Samaritan. And people were so, what do you think they thought of when they first heard that story about what the, yeah, the priest and the Levite. But then the Samaritan. And people went, what? What happened? Can you believe what happened? And they kept telling the story. And they kept talking about it. And they kept talking about it. And they passed it down and down till we have that story today. I was so excited. Last week in confirmation class, I got out the parables. And I thought, 
like, I'm not sure how this is going to go. They're big 12-year-olds. They're sixth graders. Maybe they're going to be like, godly play. I can't believe she's bringing it. But you know what? They weren't. They were so excited to get to open the parables. We get to open them because they got to be the ones to tell the story this time. They were so excited to be the ones to tell the story. I was playing with the parables. You were? And it's exciting to get to tell the story. And that's who we are. These people, you, me, all these people in here, we're the people that get to tell the story. So that people who aren't here this morning will go, what? What did they say? What did they do? Did you hear about the amazing stories they told? Did you hear the wonderful things? Did you see the amazing things the people in this place see and do? And we get to be the people that hand down the story that people talk about. And what are they going to talk about? What do you think they're going to talk about? They're going to talk about God. Yeah. And I think... That would be a good thing for a lot more of us to be telling the good news of God. And you get to be the ones to tell that story together. Together. Can we give thanks this morning? And say, dear God, thank you for the stories shared with me. Thank you, Lord, for the stories of your love for loving me. We love you, Lord. Amen. Amen. You are a blessing. I am so glad you are in worship today. Thank you, Pastor Caroline, and thank you to all of our kids for your wonderful participation. I just love hearing what they have to say. They teach me. I hope they teach you, too. We are continuing today in Mark chapter 1 again, and we're only halfway through. Um. But I hope that you notice how fast Mark is taking us. We opened up in Mark with Jesus appearing, walking along, proclaiming that the kingdom of God is at hand, and then going down to the River Jordan and being baptized by John And then just a few verses that we have not looked at yet, but that we will look at on the first Sunday of Lent. Jesus being driven into the wilderness to experience 40 days and 40 nights of fasting and then being tempted. And John has been arrested and Jesus has begun calling the disciples. And so we find ourselves today... In Capernaum, with Jesus and the disciples that he has called to this point. So we are beginning to read at verse 21. Listen for the word of God. They went to Capernaum, and when the Sabbath came, he entered the synagogue and taught. 
They were astounded at his teaching, for he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. Just then there was in their synagogue a man with an unclean spirit, and he cried out, What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be silent and come out of him. And the unclean spirit convulsing him and crying with a loud voice came out of him. They were all amazed, and they kept on asking one another, What is this? A new teaching with authority. He commands even the unclean spirits, and they obey him. At once, his fame began to spread throughout the surrounding region of Galilee. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Would you join me in prayer? O Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable unto you, O God, our rock and redeemer. Amen. When I was little, hanging out at my grandmother's house in deep east Texas, her telephone was of a fascination to me because she was on a party line. Anybody know what a party line is? Have experience with a party line? Yeah. So, so for our younger folks here that don't have um, experience with a party line, so everybody up and down the road, Blackburn Switch, my mother's maiden name is Blackburn, it's a family name, so we were all related to each other, but everybody who lived up and down this road had the same phone line. So when the phone rang, you, did, you didn't know if it was for you or not, you know? So you could pick it up. Oh, well, no, I was trying to get so-and-so. Interesting. So here's the other thing about party lines. If there's something that you needed to discuss with somebody else on the party line that was sensitive in nature, you didn't do it on the party line. Right? You'd have to have a face-to-face conversation or else word would get around. Yeah, so there were all kinds of stories that were always flying up and down the road about family members and extended family members and friends and what happened to XYZ person. It was really quite interesting. So in some ways, that's what's going on with Jesus. He shows up, as is his custom, because he's an observant Jew, in the synagogue at Capernaum, and he is a rabbi. He's a teacher. He's not one of those standing in the nave, so to speak. And so he walks up to the bema, and he begins to teach. And people are kind of struck by his presence and, and that kind of thing. And then something very interesting happens. I want to set the scene for you. So there is a man with an unclean spirit. And the unclean spirit within the man recognizes who Jesus is. That Jesus is one of power. And that's exactly what Mark wants us to see. Is that Jesus is one who comes with power 
and who speaks with authority. And then the unclean spirit within this man begins to cry out. Can you imagine that happen on a Sunday morning here? I, I mean, really. I mean, so Jesus performs an exorcism. He casts out the unclean spirit, and the unclean spirit obeys. Now, I think there's some question and doubt that often swirls around, okay, this is a miracle. Whether we believe in miracles, whether we don't believe in miracles, what's really going on here? We can try to explain it in post-enlightenment terms, in psychiatric terms. I mean, we can come at it from many different angles. But I think that what's important is that this man has an unclean spirit within him that will not stay quiet. And I think most of us have experienced times in our lives when we have an unclean or an unquiet spirit within us that just won't leave us alone. And so this man comes into the synagogue in need of healing, in need of some way of having a quiet spirit instead of the noise that's going on within him. And Jesus brings this to him. And the people sitting there say, wow, this is a new teaching with authority. A teaching. A miracle story being a teaching. It's very interesting. So if we go back to Genesis 1, and we see God's spirit hovering over the face of chaos over the face of the deep, and God speaks, and whatever God speaks happens. God's word is equivalent, or it is the same thing, is action. It's not like in our culture where sometimes we experience empty words, either coming from our own selves or experiencing that from other people. When God speaks, It is action. And Mark wants us to see that Jesus is the Son of God, is the one who speaks, and it happens. Here, halfway through chapter 1, Mark is already beginning to build the tension. Jesus is one who comes with authority and with power. And demonic forces recognize him. And as Jesus continues to act in Mark's gospel, it will put him in collision with the power of Rome. And we know how that ends, don't we? And that's what Mark wants us to see, is that Jesus comes acting with power and with authority, and a movement begins to gather around him, a movement that will stand against the power of Rome. Jesus speaks, and it is so. 
those people in the synagogue all those years ago. They were doing their routine, right? Going to the synagogue on the Sabbath. Following organized religion. Doing what they always do. I have my routine every Sunday morning. I set the alarm for about 5.45. I have my little routine that I follow at home. And then... The worship leaders, Kitty and Josh and Caroline and Mark and John and sometimes Oren, whoever's running sound or running media, we meet here 740-ish. And we run through both bulletins for both services so we know what's going to happen. So we're following the plan. Jesus didn't have a bulletin in front of him. He enters that synagogue possessed by the Holy Spirit. He has come out of the wilderness filled with the Holy Spirit and he's ready to toss out demons wherever he can find them. He is ready to speak to the chaos that exists within people's lives and a movement begins to form around him A movement that brings the authority and power of God at hand so people can experience it. A new teaching with authority. Wow. And so Mark beckons to us, will we join the movement? Will we let our lives be disrupted So that we not only experience the kingdom of God at hand, but we are part of that movement so that others may experience the movement too. My friends, word gets around. Let's join the movement. Amen.